0: welcome to our Living Word Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from our Sunday morning experience. I want to encourage you this Saturday, don't be a stranger, come out and be with us. It is going to be a great, great time right out here in our parking lot. Last year we saw so many people from the community just come and walk in off the streets and wonder what's going on here and uh, get connected in so many different ways. It was slightly colder because it was at the, it was in November, wasn't it? Yeah. It might have been 35 degrees plus wind chill last year. And so in Jesus' name, it won't be that this year. Uh, But I, I really, really want to encourage you. One of the major portions of what we believe in here and what we understand here is that when we gather together, we are excited to gather together. But when we can gather others together, we're just as excited in Jesus' name. There are so many people around us right here, one mile, just take a map and circle it, that don't know that we're here. They don't know what God is doing. They don't have a a church home. They don't uh, uh, know really what a church home could even mean. And I want to encourage you to go ahead and ask God this week to help you be intentional. Somebody say intentional be intentional about praying and asking God who you could invite this is one of those events that we do in the church that's not uh, I guess it's one of the least churchy kind of things you can invite someone to it's a fellowship day on the grounds of our church with food and fun and music and we believe that by doing those kind of things that when you're around great people other people want to be around other great people amen we ended last week with uh, one portion, and the title of last week's message was What's in the Way? Part of the heart of understanding that message, and if you missed it, I challenge you to go on our YouTube, go on our app, and rewatch it again, uh, because I really believe that, that as we've been in this season, God has just been giving us word after word to share with one another. Part of what I started there was just the idea that worship is our weapon, and if worship is our weapon, then we understand that the battle is much bigger than we can defeat. We understand that there's giants along the way that we might be called to take down but we must understand that if we're wearing the wrong armor or if we're using the wrong tools, if we're using the wrong weapons, we're going to lose those battles because we don't fight like the rest of the world does. We don't take the same tools and attitudes and approaches to earthly fights that we do to spiritual fights. And as we start to grab this and grasp this, we understand that if worship is our weapon, we need to be ready, we need to be grounded, we need to be rooted, and we need God to do something special in us so that we can be prepared for the things that we don't yet see. Today, I want to share with you a message that I titled after one of my favorite books, one of my first or second probably leadership book I ever read in my youngest moments of ministry, and it was titled, Lead, Follow, or Get Out of the Way. And the reason why I added that to this message, and I know that might sound a little harsh for a sermon for some of you, but I promise you my goal is to wake some people up this morning. Because in the Bible, does God tell us to be lukewarm? That's a question. No. The Bible does not want us to sit half in and half out. The Bible doesn't want us to be wishy-washy. God doesn't want us to sit here in this place of constant just wonder. He wants us to sit in a place of confidence to sit in a place of faith, that even though we don't see it all, he's going to do it all if we're obedient. And so as we talk through this, I want you to walk through, we're going to walk through Philippians 3 today, and we're going to walk through uh, just a few other other portions uh, inside of Malachi this morning, Malachi 3 as well. And I'm going to ask you to go back and forth with me as we do, and so if you want to open up both in your, your phone Bible or your regular Bible, feel free to do so. But I started saying this, and I began my message as we came out of worship because I just believe that what we do all morning is worship. Come on. And so the reason I do that is because I really want you to understand that I am sick and tired of running the race and not looking around and having to just spend worship moments, picking people up off the floor, saying, come on, man, let's do this thing together. I don't know how many of you Don't realize that it is your responsibility with the people around you to to pursue God to the point that you are strengthening the people around you. If we're going to see consistent supernatural change in our families and in our lives, we've gotta understand that not only does it start with us, but that the beginning of revival is going to come out of our level of obedience. And so as we desire to see real change, and as we desire that God would do certain things, I kind of wrote it this way for you. I want to be around people who desire his presence, okay, over immediate satisfaction. When you go through your Monday through Sunday, there are so many things that are easier just to say, yeah, I'll take that now. It's the fast food spiritual mentality, right? God, that's good enough. That's just good enough. I know it's not real healthy for me. I know I've got to do better. I've got to make better choices, but it'll do because this is what I've got time for. Can I get an amen from somebody? You see, we can't do that in our spiritual walk and expect God to do miracles. Miracles don't happen because you move. Miracles happen because He moves. But if you've ever been a part of a move of God, and I say move of God, let's qualify it. Right, A moment in time where people gathered together and God did supernatural things because people were obedient and hungry enough to see and make room for God to do those things. If you've ever been in those moments, which is what I hope we create weekly for you, if you've ever been a part of those moments, My prayer for you this morning, my challenge to you this morning, is that you would begin to take that hunger and put it in others. Because I tell you what, there are people that you're constantly having to pick up and peel off the floor because they can't sustain this walk with God. It's too hard. We keep telling people walking with Jesus is easy. Just say amen and it's okay. He's not a genie. We've talked about this. He's going to do his part, but we've got to partner with people to help them do their part. One of my favorite portions of listening to Paul in the New Testament is the idea that he was so raw and real. He was so honest about what he hadn't yet experienced, what he didn't know. But there was something that did happen almost in every letter that he wrote, and he would just forward say it, and many times he would start them by just simply saying, I want to share with you, I'm just paraphrasing, but I want to share with you the heart of God. I want to tell you what God would have you know. And it didn't mean that Paul had experienced these things. It didn't mean that he even fully understood these things. It meant that there was a message for this time that still must line up with the Word of God, amen? But I want you to hear it because God shared it with me. Philippians 3. He said it this way, and this was one of the more obvious ones. Philippians 3.10, he said, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings becoming like him in his death, and so somehow uh, excuse me, attaining to the resurrection from the dead. I want to ask you this morning, Paul's determination was one like no other. I've shared this before, but it's a great reminder. You've got to remember that when Paul met Jesus, he was on the way to murder other Christians. Do I need to repeat that? That Paul in the moment he most met Jesus, had sought permission from those in authority to seek and destroy Christianity from the face of the earth. And God said, son, wrong God. I'm alive, moving, living, and you're about to meet me one way or the other. You can't touch my children because they're mine. Oh, but by the way, if you're willing to turn to me, every bit of a leader that you think you are, I will use you to do things that you don't even comprehend in this moment. There are those of you out here today that you don't believe God wants to use you because of who you are. You don't like you. You don't believe in you. You don't think that you are usable by God. And I want you to understand that the Bible is full of people who fell way short of what we would call godly standards. But there was a difference in their life. There was a moment, a clear and concise moment, where they ceased doing and entertaining and living under the authority of this world and they said yes to the authority of God. Walk this out with me this morning. Today I want to speak to those who don't think they're qualified to lead. For those of you sitting on the sidelines and literally just letting life go by. For those of you who are running from leadership opportunities. From those of you who just truly aspire to be a good leader. For those of you who are in leadership and you don't recognize your audience, today I'm speaking to you, Philippians 3 verse 12, follow with me. Not that I have already obtained this, here's Paul's honesty again, or have already arrived at my goal. I'll say it again, Paul being very honest, not that I have already obtained all this, Or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of for me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I want you to hear it and receive it this way, and it'll be up on here for you to read. The first point I have for you today is that leadership is not a destination. It's an opportunity to influence. For so many people, they look at titles in our world as a position, a platform. And I want you to understand that leadership is not a destination. Leadership is an opportunity for you to influence. And I think if some of you would see leadership as influence, you wouldn't be so afraid of taking a leadership position in your life. A leadership position in your life, for many of you, you see it as the pastor standing in front of 200 people. You see it as the teacher who's in front of a class of, of second graders. You see it as the, the, you know, the, the president of the United States talking to a whole country. You see it as, as a judge sitting in their seat or a doctor running a war. You, you just see it in these big places, but you don't recognize that leadership is influence, and if leadership is influence, well then you are influencing somebody today, whether positively or negatively, for Christ. And so it's not this destination that we arrived, I've got my degree to lead. <laughs> Please don't do that in your interview. <laughs> don't tell somebody you have a degree to lead. If it was me, I'd just say, next. You have a degree to lead? What does that even mean? We've all been given license to lead in this world. That's a scary fact, come on. We have all been given license to lead in this, in this world. But what we do with that license is what we're going to be held accountable for one day at the end of time. You see, and that's what keeps us going. That's what keeps us being challenged. That's what gets us into this place where we understand that your titles don't define your legacy. It's the people you've impacted along the way that matter. I promise you when you go to heaven one day, God's not going to look at you and say, Dr. So-and-so, Mrs. So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so with your title in front of it. I promise you he's not addressing you that way. God is very proud of who we've become in him. But we have to understand that the Bible says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but consider yourself with sober judgment. Why? Because God is always higher. And the minute we think we've reached some destination in leadership is the minute we've failed the people around us. You see, this is what people miss when they look on Instagram and Facebook and they read the news about somebody who failed somebody who just fell short in leadership. Everybody wants to share opinion and popular, applauded, et cetera, et cetera. And what we don't realize is that you weren't as affected by that as the 20, 30, 40, 50, 100, maybe thousands of people that were in their immediate circle. Come on now. You sit here and we give our opinion, but we forget that in the inmost circle of that person's life, those people are really devastated you might be disappointed but they're devastated why because leadership at the core is the influence you have with the people around you that's why when you talk to people when you go to hire people if you own businesses out there do it as necessary interview as much of the family as you can Interview as much of the people right around them as you can. Ask for references, not from some coach they had 30 years ago. Come on now. Ask them to share with you first. Hey, who's somebody that's been around you? I'd like you to get them to write a real reference. I'd like you to ask them. I'd like to know what they think about you now. Why? Because who you were before doesn't necessarily mean you are who you are now. So whether good or bad, I may not need to hear from somebody 30 years ago. I wanna know what you're doing now. And I wanna know who you're influencing. Because if any of you are bosses out there, you know you don't need another headache in Jesus' name. (laughs) You need a leader. You need an influencer. You need someone who's gonna forward the vision of whatever company, business, ministry you're running in Jesus' name. I wanna give you a few takeaways today from Paul's leadership and then we'll jump into Malachi 3. The second thing is this. Self-leadership is the ability for you to humble yourself and submit to the will of God. That, although very obvious, I wanna bring the sub point to you this way. If I had my personal way in life, I would be a college baseball coach before I was many of the things I am today. Can I be real with you? If I asked you at the core of your childhood, young adult, and even present reality of your personal, oh, I, if I could just for fun push time out and pause, and if I could just do this, I would love it. Can I get an amen from somebody out there? I want to talk to our, self, our selfishness for a moment as opposed, to, as opposed to the selflessness needed to follow God's will because it goes both ways, and I want to paint the picture for you. You see, there are seasons for many of us where we look at God and we're like, God, why do you have me working here? Why do you have me doing these things? Does it even make sense for the will, for what you want me? And God's like, Yeah, you need to pay the bills. You need to pay the bills to be in next week, where I'm gonna then open the door. Come on now. But sometimes we're so stubborn. I can't take a job like that. I can't. I can't do that thing right now. Uh, I've never done that. I, I. I. I'm above that. Or I don't need. Well, I need to caution you today that it is so important that you remain in a selfless leadership moment, that whatever God would put in front of you, you would pursue with him, because you never know what you're gonna find in that place with God. His will being so specific, his way being so guided, I wanna challenge you, self-leadership is the ability for you to humble yourself and submit to his will, in Jesus' name. Third thing, experience doesn't determine the strength of your leadership voice. Experience doesn't determine the strength of your leadership voice. I'm tired of interviewing people or talking in circles with my friends who tell me how many people walk into their businesses. Their their nonprofit organizations, their leadership opportunities that they have in front of them, and one of the first things that they say is, "Well, you know, I don't really have a lot of experience. I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't really have this, but I need you to hear me today, regardless of your age and what you think of yourself, right? Your experience doesn't determine the strength of your leadership voice. Just because you don't know physically." what other people know about things because they have experienced them in life doesn't disqualify you for the door God is opening in front of you. Some of you are running away from what God has because as you approach the door, you go, Pastor Nick, I ain't qualified for that. I don't have the degree for that. I don't have the training for that. And I want to say it to you this way because I just believe it's important. We must understand that revelation and impartation are always greater than any earthly resume someone can present. I am not discounting people's experiences and certifications. I've got two college degrees, and I've been in ministry since I was 18 years old. I'm not discounting any of that. Every bit of those moments have impacted me standing here today. So don't mishear me this morning. I'm not dismissing experience. I'm not dismissing certifications. I'm not dismissing those things. What I'm saying to you is that those things apart from God might be meaningless for eternity. If we just pursue certifications and degrees just for the fact of having them, but yet we don't have any eternal value for them, then what are we doing? We're wasting money. We're wasting time. But there are things that are so clear that if we would jump on board and God would say, go ahead and get this degree, go ahead and get that certification, go ahead and take this job, because this job is gonna give you the discipline needed to then have that job. You see, we try to just make God in this one-way street box and say, no, no, the path is here, the path is here. And God's like, no, the path's not just here. The path just might look a little more crooked and broken than you think it is but you've got to journey it with me, and you can't quit before you get there. Come on, somebody. My point point here in most, referring back to verse 12, was that Paul had not said it this way, right? He said, he had not yet fully obtained this determined lifestyle. However, as Christ revealed it to him, he presented it to them. And I think, and I want you to grab this point because I think it's important. Paul was being honest enough in this moment He said, not that I already obtained this. I'm not that good at it yet either, but I'm the idiot who took the mic this morning. Come on now. And I want to tell you, not that I've obtained this, but I hope I can motivate you with me as Christ is revealing it to me. Come on now. That we would now go together. That we would now do this forward. That if we do it together, if we go together, there's going to be more people affected because we did it together. And I hope that you're hearing it this morning, church, because I I just feel like for so many of you, you've allowed your past, your past leadership experiences, your past uh, relationships to define you. And I want to say it this way. Your past doesn't define you because it's been refined. Your past doesn't define you because it's been refined. Malachi 3 says it perfectly. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in days gone by, as in former years. Verse 5, so I will come to put you on trial. I will be quick to testify against the sorcerers, adulterers, and perjurers, against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppress the widows and the fatherless, and deprive the foreign among you of justice. But do not fear me, says the Lord. Church, the reason that I titled this message, Lead, Follow, or Get Out of the Way, is because we don't need more people reminding us of how unqualified we already are we don't need more people walking around telling us how ready we are not for things in this life if you are a person today and you're sitting on the sidelines watching life go by get up and start doing something go find somebody who's running and try to keep pace if you're somebody today and you're in a leadership capacity I want to remind you that leadership requires revelation that leadership requires impartation, that you cannot be a leader, do not be a leader who solely leads from here and not from the heart of God. Because the head knowledge that we have works. But when God comes in and anoints it, when he uses it, when he gives us things that are just needed for people in each and every day, it helps us take it to another level in Jesus' name. The refiner's fire is just so important, church. Worship team, if you join me this morning. Church, today I want to invite you to be a part of a bigger story than your life. I want you to understand that you are a part of a story that was written thousands of years ago that is centered on the heart of Jesus Christ himself. The reason that I went from last, week mess- last week's message of understanding what's in the way Is because I believe in this season we've been called up to raise leaders, influencers in this region, both young and old, to help people understand that God is alive, that he's moving, he's breathing, and he wants to invade our homes with an authority that will begin to remove the bad things of this world that will begin to remove and step into places that need miracles, that will begin to remove the normal ways of just thinking and living and give us this outside the box moment where God begins to give revelation. I love how uh, a pastor friend of mine, pastor, he's even a coach, pastor coach Todd Mullins in Florida said it this way, an individual's desire to reach beyond their limitations is a seed of greatness waiting for a stream of motivation. I'll read it again for you. An individual's desire to reach beyond their limitations is a seed of greatness waiting for a stream of motivation. In closing, I want to ask you as simple as this this morning, what are you waiting for? If last week we dealt with what's in the way, I want to ask you today, what are you waiting for to lead? What are you waiting for to be an influencer for Christ? What are you waiting for to take your family, your children, those around you to begin to expand that circle for Christ and make it stronger? If we understand that there are those around us who have this seed that's just waiting for some motivation. If we understand us that there's these people around us that if you just get up and get going a little bit better, they will too. I promise you, if you ask God to open your eyes that way, he's going to blow your mind in Jesus' name. Church, I want us to be difference makers, not church goers. Come on now, come on. I'll say that again. I want us to be difference makers, not just church goers. The churches in America are full of people attending. I want us to be a church of a lot of doing. I want us to be the church of a lot of going. I want us to be the church that understands that although we do meet with God here, he lives with us everywhere that he lives and he desires that we not just leave him here on Sunday morning, but we take him with us into our week and we take him with us into our homes and we take him with us to the places that need it most. Why? Because he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. If you receive that this morning, would you stand with me as we close in prayer today? Would you bow your heads with me as we close today? And for those who are going to come and pray for people, please come forward this morning and just be present at the altar. Just take a moment right now, you and God, I want to give you some space. Just you and the Lord. Tell them what you need to. Surrender what you need to. Because as we've understood what's in the way, we now need to get going in Jesus' name. We need to lead for him, with him, by him. So Father, I pray right now for all those who are here this morning. And Lord, as we continue to say yes to you each and every week, I ask that you would give us wisdom on how to lead this region closer to you. Lord, I thank you this morning Lord, that those who have been able to hear this message this morning, I pray in Jesus' name that they would accept the baton as they now go into the world this week, God. Lord, I pray they'd surrender whatever they need to, that it wouldn't distract or drain them from the task ahead, God. Lord, we understand that worship is our weapon. We and Lord, that you bring us revelation, God. We understand that you desire to speak with us and meet with us. And so, Lord, we ask you to forgive us for not meeting enough with you, God. Lord, this week we set out, Lord, not only to be with you, but to see you move through our lives. Lord, there is a region of people, God, a region of people who need you. Lord, we ask that even events as we'll put and have together here this coming Saturday, we ask, Lord, that you would send, Lord, the most random people from this area, God. Lord, we thank you that you're the best marketer in Jesus' name. Lord, you know who's supposed to be here. You know who needs this, needs you, God. You know who needs you and needs to find you. And we ask, God, that you would send them, Lord, that we would be obedient enough to receive and to care for them as they come. Lord, I thank you today for those who gave their life to Christ this morning, God. Lord, I thank you that salvation is their home. I thank you that eternity is is their faith and their anchor in you, God. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for each person who might have done so this morning, that you would give them the strength to walk it out now, that you'd put good people around them, God, that they would see you and find you and know you and love you, God. Oh, Lord, I pray for our families, for our individuals here this morning. And I thank you, God, that they're going to be literally difference makers this week in Jesus' name. Father, we just give you glory and honor this morning. We thank you for the word of God. In Jesus' name, all God's people say Amen. Let's give God a praise this morning, church. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's message here at Living Word Church. Uh, If you're looking for a community, looking for a home church, we want to challenge you to join us on Sunday mornings at 1045 here in Union, New Jersey. We pray you have a blessed day in Jesus' name.